Hey, campers, welcome back to day 12 of Camp One Clap on the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast. Gather around the campfire, friends. It's time to enjoy a hefty helping of supplemental s'mores. I'm your camp director, Lyle Wiley, and today, Counselor Clara Lusmore is here to talk about extemporaneous commentary and impromptu on supplemental s'mores here at camp. Remember to check out the One Clap socials for today's social media challenge topic. Also, keep studying your ABCs of debate with Professor Graham and Kevin's new episodes that are released daily all month on YouTube. Let's take a moment to learn about Clara Lusmore. Here is Clara's camp bio. Clara Lusmore is a two-year competitor for Rock Springs High School who has attended nationals twice. Our main events consist of public forum, extemp, and world schools debate when it's offered. She's going into her junior year of high school and is hoping to become a psychologist in the future. Clara is a counselor for Camp One Clap, offering knowledge of both impromptu and extemp commentary. During her time as counselor, she will give some general advice and expertise about both events to show just how amazing these supplementals really are. Okay, friends, let's get out the marshmallows, chocolate, and graham crackers. It's time for some delicious supplemental s'mores with Clara Lusmore. Welcome to One Clap Speech and Debate, Clara Lusmore. How are you doing tonight? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's super it's awesome good. to have you here. Um, I can't wait to learn from you and learn more about you. Uh, but uh, we got to get started here. We're at Camp One Clap. So welcome to Camp One Clap. Um, what's your favorite camp activity, Clara? So I'm going to have to say probably swimming because I used to be on a swim team when I was about in middle school. So I just like to go do that with family and friends. I think it's really fun. Are you like a competitive swimmer? Can you swim quickly? Um, I used to be. I think I kind of lost the skill set, though. Like, I was never super good at it. So, but it's okay. I, I enjoyed it. It's fun to be in in the water, sort of. Yeah. But in terms of survival with swimming, I don't think I do super well. Uh, so <laughs> that's cool that you're good at it. <laughs> Not you. my thing, but uh, but that's that's cool. Um, would you be one of those people that would, like, jump into a lake? Like, um. Uh, it it kind of depends on how I'm feeling. If I'm like really bold, then I'll go head first into the cold water, but not typically. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you're pretty brave. Probably braver <laughs> than me. That's cool. That's well, fair. let's find out how much of a nerd you are uh, on a scale of one to 10. I like to ask folks, how much of a nerd would you say that you are? <laughs> like a lot of speech kids and debate kids think of themselves as nerds and it's yes. not even really derogatory, but what do you think? <laughs> no. Where are you at on the scale? I'd say probably like an eight, like, like you said, speech and debate kids um, think they're really nerdy a lot of the time because I go and just talk about politics or political issues for fun. And that's kind of been the way it's been since I was a kid. I would just go to the playground and read or do anything intellectual because I really enjoyed learning and getting more education. So, well, I, that's definitely not a bad thing. And that's a pretty good number. I'll let you keep that one. <laughs> uh, is there any like thing that you nerd out about really hardcore? You, oh, uh... yeah. So I really like pop culture, but especially Star Wars. In the back of my room, I have an entire shelf of just lightsabers. So I think Star Wars is really cool. And that's something I'm kind of focused on more so. Oh, gosh. Well, what a time to be alive. There's so much <laughs> Star Wars content coming out Absolutely. these days. I know. Lots it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite, like, like the, out of all the little different shows that have come out of star Wars, what's your favorite, like miniseries or movie or. or I would story? probably have to say the Mandalorian. I've loved that one so much. It's so good. 
I, I think it's a pretty fun show. Yeah, like how it's kind of like wild westy and sci-fi. <laughs> yes. And yeah, it's yeah. super cool. And of course the child is, is so cute. Grow good. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Totally. I, I agree. Oh, <laughs> 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 right, good choice. All right. Well, Thank let's you. talk speech and debate, Clara. Okay. So what got you into speech and debate? Like what's your story? How'd you get okay. into this world? So when I was in about sixth grade, that's where I'd heard of it for the first time because I joined student council. And what I really wanted to do was become president. So I ran and I wrote an entire speech, um, gave it on the intercom. So like for the entire school, my the the president, I guess, of student council at the time, her name was Mrs. Anderson. She told me she was like, hey, you should join speech and debate when you get to high school. I think it would be a really good fit for you because you've already got the speech skills down. I think that's where you should go. So it's like, oh, yeah, OK. And I took her words and just kind of remembered them throughout the rest of my years. Um, and then when I was in middle school, my seventh grade English teacher did a lot of like mock debates and had me give a ton of presentations, which I also really enjoyed. So she was another person that that was like, hey, you should totally do this. Like it would suit you so well. You would do really good competitively. Um, so when I got to the high school, eventually, I saw my speech and debate team giving a presentation about it. And I was like, yeah, I totally want to join. Like that was something I've been wanting to do since I was in middle school, like since I was a child. Um, when I ended up joining, I just kind of immediately fell in love with it. I jumped right into two events and was all ready to go by the time like the novice workshop up at Jackson came around. So I really enjoyed speech and debate as a whole. And I'm glad that I had those teachers that kind of guided my way through and just told me to join it. So it was really just like, it just fits you. You were <laughs> yeah. it just kind of like like a glove. You just sort of fell into it and it's kind of been your thing. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Are you involved in any other activities um, at school? Um, yeah, I do a little bit of choir, but it's kind of not my main focus. I think, yeah, that's about the only other thing that I do. All right. Well, it's really exciting that you found speech and debate and that we found you. Uh, you still have two more years of competition at the high school level. So that's like super exciting. Yeah. Um, but today, I would really, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about like the events you do first. I know I didn't put this question on the sheet, okay. but like what events have you competed in before we talk about the supplemental event that we're going to really focus or well, the two okay. that we'll focus on today? Okay. So my freshman year, I started out with public forum debate and informative speaking. And then later on in the year, I tried world schools and that's what I went to nationals in. And then this year, I tried out um, policy for a little bit at the beginning of the year, ended up not really liking it, didn't fit me. So I moved back to public forum. Um, and then I started extemporaneous speaking this year, and then did both commentary and impromptu when it was offered at national tournaments. So you've done a, a fair amount of <laughs> events. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, and you did really great this year in both extemporaneous commentary and impromptu at nationals. Uh, which is really exciting. And I want to pick your brain about those two activities. Okay. Like, uh, you want to start with extent commentary? Would that be okay? Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. So um, how does it work? And how much time have you spent on this activity? And what have you learned about just the, just the basics of how, how it works? Okay. So 
Um, I think like the very bare minimum of extemporaneous commentary is you get put into a room with all of the competitors that you go against. It's like very similar to extemp because you go up for draw, right? So they'll call the speakers in order. When you sit down, you are given a choice between three topics and you're going to choose one of them. And then you are given 20 minutes prep time to give a five minute speech that includes sources and is fully memorized. So what's really unique about it is the topics in extemporaneous commentary reference pop culture a lot of the time. So for example, I did um, a speech about the topic, it's a dry heat, highway to climate hell. So just like referencing songs or things like that. Um, commentary typically takes a unique approach. And yeah, in your speech, you're going to have like an introduction, a conclusion or two to th and two to three points, because that's how that's just how it's structured. It's a general speech outline. With extemporaneous commentary, is that it's standard to be seated when you give the performance for that. Oh one? yes. Yeah. So you just sit right in front of your judge at a table um, and they ask you to still use hand gestures. So you're talking more so up here rather than blocking or moving around. All right. So uh, yeah, so that's like probably a little bit awkward just compared to a lot of the other <laughs> activities that, yes. that you do in speech. How, yeah. what about your personal experience with the event? Okay, so I've done commentary at Nationals for two years now. This was my second time. Um, it was my introduction kind of into extemporaneous speaking. So that's kind of, that's how I got comfortable with that form of speaking. Because at first, I was really scared of it. Like, I never wanted to touch it. I would tell my friends and other competitors that did extemp, I was like, I respect you so much for that. That's insane that you can do it. Um, and... Then my coach was like, yeah, I think that would fit you super well. You should totally sign up for it at nationals. So I did. And I was like really scared and really nervous. But after that first round, I kind of just jumped right into it. And I enjoyed the event so much that it kind of opened me up to wanting to do more events like it and go into extemporaneous speaking more and impromptu. Because I think it was just that kind of rush of giving speeches on the fly and improvised and having those changing topics, which really drew me in. And commentary was really good for that because it's super unique to other events. And it also draws in um, a lot of the components about impromptu and comment or an extent that are important. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy and, <laughs> and amazing because you were the state champion in extemporaneous <laughs> speaking this year. So you're telling me that extemporaneous commentary sort of was the event that like warmed you to doing any event that was extemporaneous. That's really yes. cool. Yeah. It was pretty interesting, I think. Yeah, that's really amazing. Um, so this year you did have some success at nationals and extemporaneous commentary. You broke into some out rounds. Um, was it a good experience for you at Nats this year? Oh yeah. I had, I had such a great time and I kind of took things that I learned from the whole season just to use them at nationals. Cause I was like, I really want to go far in supplementals. So that's when a lot of things kind of clicked for me. It was, it was really fun. Cool. Well, do you have some maybe tricks and tips for other competitors when it comes to extemporaneous commentary you'd like to share? Yeah, absolutely. So I thought that the two biggest things in commentary are both style and how you answer your question because those are things that are going to help you get far in commentary so commentary like i said earlier it takes what's best about both extemp and impromptu and puts them together it's similar to giving kind of a news broadcast report in my opinion because you talk about 
kind of broad topics that also have a very important undertone to them. So you're going to analyze them like a news reporter would and give a broadcast speech. Um, I think the first thing is that it's really important to be passionate about your topic. So you need to convey to your judge that you have the most important speech in the room and that you know exactly what you're talking about. Even if you feel unconfident in your speech, you're going to want to show to the judge that you know what you're talking about and have a good understanding of it already. I think that the best way to do this is how you approach your speech, right? So your speaking should be confident even if you don't feel like it with a lot of fluctuations of pitch and speed because having that variation in your talking is going to be a lot more engaging than following kind of a pattern or a rhythm and being super robotic sounding, if that makes sense. And then I think Another thing also that helps is having a unique approach to your topic that catches attention. Since your topics are already so unique, you also kind of have to do the same thing and follow the example of the topics. So commentary topics are awesome because they're really open-ended. You can approach them however you would like to, even if it's not super dead set. Because a lot of the times it's not going to be a question, it's just going to be something that's broad. So getting creative and thinking outside of the box makes the event more enjoyable and it makes you stand out with your speech. So being creative and taking a unique approach is absolutely essential for an event that's also very creative and unique. What's your favorite yeah. part of this event, you think? What's what's most exciting about extemporaneous oh, commentary? My favorite part. So I'm a person that gets really nervous preparing the speech, but I just love getting into that room, being fully prepared and confident in my speech and sitting down and just talking about it. Um, I don't know. I think it's that rush that you get from giving a speech that's not memorized, if that makes sense. I just really enjoy um, coming up with things on the fly and inputting those sources and kind of giving my own take on big world issues or things that are important to me. Well, speaking of doing things on the fly, <laughs> um, I also want to talk to you about impromptu, okay. which you also were very successful in impromptu <laughs> at nationals this year. Uh, which is also an event where you have to use your uh, on-the-fly chops a lot, yes, right? Absolutely. So uh, let's talk about impromptu a little bit as well. Like, okay. what we can start with uh, your experience, I guess, and then we'll talk about how it works. So, what, how, how much experience do you have in impromptu? Where did it come from? All that good stuff. Okay, so. I've only done impromptu, I think, four times now. The first time I did it was at my home tournament. So like, yeah, Rock Springs Tiger Classic when I was entirely a novice. So I didn't do very well and I kind of enjoyed it, but I never really touched impromptu again because I was really afraid that I was going to do as bad as I did as a novice. Um, when I kind of matured a little bit more and my speaking skills got quite a bit better. I tried it again at Extemp DOC when I went in May. Um, I did pretty okay, pretty decent, and just got used to it again. And that's kind of what relit that fire. I was like, wow, impromptu is actually really fun. Like, I really enjoyed it when I was there, so I tried it again at my talk. Um, my first impression of it was not really the best, especially because I was trying to find what fit me in speech and debate. So I wasn't exactly sure where I wanted to go and what events I wanted to do. But once I was more dead set, I feel like impromptu was a good one to add on later in your season because you can take the skills that you learn from other events and apply it to impromptu just because it kind of requires all those 
basic skills while also having its own unique features. Um, I also think that competing in it at a national level is really fun and you get a lot of unique backgrounds. So that what that's what kept me coming back to impromptu essentially is just learning a lot about different people because you have such a short time to speak that you almost have to make it personal. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting and impromptu to see what different people do as well. Cause yes. like everyone could go in any direction with their topic. Yeah. Let's, let, let's talk about how it works. So impromptu, you're going to sit in a room with all your competitors and judge. Um, it's similar in the way that you have to draw. So like both commentary and extent, the judge is going to call you up, call speakers up in order. When it's turned, you get once again, a set of three prompts or topics and you choose one of them. I've been to a couple of tournaments where they only do one. It's just kind of subject subjective, but topics for impromptu can be anything from like quotes to fun facts to randomized scenarios. There's really no limit to impromptu prompts or topics. Um, you get seven minutes total to prepare and give your speech. Typically, what I go for is about two minutes of preparation time and then five minutes speaking. But it's kind of all up to personal preference and how um, how you want to approach your topic, if that makes sense. So the speech itself is delivered standing up with, once again, introduction, conclusion, and three main points that all tie into your topic. So I know a couple of times there's been tournaments that don't require that you memorize your topic. It's just kind of once again up to the up to the tournament whether you memorize it or not. But yeah, essentially you're just going to get something kind of broad because there's no limits to topics and then have seven minutes to prepare and speak. Cool. And of course, topics range like all over the place. Different yes. tournaments, different <laughs> I think did nationals have some sort of like thematic topics this year for impromptu? Yes. Yeah, there was like okay. So I think first round was presidents and then second round was quotes, something like that. Um I remember Nai talked to they had like morals first round or something like that. It's just kind of depends on the tournament like you said. Cool. Yeah, it just really sounds like you thrive in these sort of uh these these events that have kind of this element of danger or <laughs> um, uh, the ability to speak on the fly. So that's, that's really cool. Thank Do you. you have any specific tips, tricks, and ideas for how folks can, can improve an impromptu? Yeah, absolutely. So I think most importantly, impromptu is one of the events where you're allowed to be more opinionated or personalize your speech because you don't get sources and you don't have evidence. So it's mostly just your own interpretation on the topic you're given, right? So that's why I think the most important or part of impromptu is just being yourself, answering the question or prompt with what you think fits best rather than how other people are responding to theirs or other people's opinions. It should just involve your own take on it and how you view it. Um, I think answering the question uh, and oftentimes answering the question, I found that best speeches I give and others give have a personal experience in them with like a broader lesson or call to action involved. So you can make impromptu serious and relate it to world issues while also still being personal about it. So personalizing your topic and what it says. I also think that making your speech and impromptu impactful is super important and offering that bit of personalization helps you relate with your audience more while also giving you a direct direct segue into a larger lesson, right? Because 
first and foremost, you're a person. So if you go into impromptu with the understanding that you are a human being and giving it like that, it just creates a lot better of a speech because it's human, right? It comes from the heart. Um, another, once again, big part of impromptu is style. So this event, I feel, is a little bit more casual just because you have a shorter time and you don't have the seriousness, I feel like, of sources or evidence. So conveying your emotions while you speak is another thing that really sets you apart in impromptu, especially because, right, the lack of sources. And in a way, impromptu comes more from yourself rather than other people's articles or journals. So showing the feeling behind the topic will really help your style and create a speech that sounds sounds passionate. When you convey those emotions to your judge, it's going to make your impromptu speech or just any speech in general sound a lot more relative to what you're talking about. Yeah. What's your favorite part of doing impromptu? Oh, I really enjoy talking more about, I guess, philosophy rather than being so strict on, um, having to have that evidence or that logos, right? I really like the pathos involved with impromptu because you can get really comfortable in the emotions behind it and talk more about society and people rather than breaking beyond that and looking to organizations or structures. I think impromptu is really humane and that's what's really enjoyable about it. That's some, those are some really, really good insights to, to share you. with other people. Thank you so much, Clara. Yeah. Um, I have a couple more questions before I let okay. you, like you let you jet though. Um, I do want to know from you, what do you think? So just in general, uh, what do you think is the best part of the speech and debate experience? What has it been for you? So I think the first most important thing is education because speech and debate really offers a lot, but one of the best things that you get from it is education and more information. So it offers so many opportunities for you to just learn, whether it be socially or academically, right? There's many spheres involved within speech and debate. So choosing to participate in this activity opens you up to so many different perspectives on several different topics. You just get exposed to so much that kind Kind of makes your brain and yourself recognize like I didn't think about that before. So it allows you to ask questions, to be the person in the room that advocates for things and always trying to raise awareness. Because that's what speech and debate is, right? It's giving talks and speeches about things that you find super important. And what it brings in turn is just that awareness about those subjects. Um, and I think that through just talking, we learn how to be better communicators, friends, and intellectuals. Speech and debate is really the perfect activity for building up that knowledge and allowing for a lot more edu uh, education in that aspect. Yeah. So you're also a debater, right? Like yes. you, you do public forum debate, you dipped into policy, but you're mostly a PF debater. Yes. Yeah. So you, do you love that aspect of speech and debate and, and debate as well? The ability to deep dive into topics and. Yes. I really enjoy that. I also enjoy because debate's cool, too, because you get to have that conversation, right? The back and forth between the two different perspectives. I think debate's also super useful for that because you get to learn so much from numerous different sides and points of view. And public forum, too, is something I really enjoyed because of the changing topics. So I get to learn about several different things as the season progresses. So it's just really enjoyable because of that. Like I get to learn so much while also getting exposed to friendships and other people's opinions. Awesome. 
So I just have one more question, but it's a doozy. Okay. It's a big one. Uh, when <laughs> you're a- at a speech and debate tournament, uh, you, know, you gotta be, you have to have sustenance. <laughs> I mean, of course they're, they're fun times. Got a lot to do, but you gotta, you gotta eat. What is your go-to speech and debate snack? Go-to speech and debate snack. Okay. So I think both like packaged ramen and a cake that me and my PF partner buy because it's our little tradition. Uh, those are my favorite snacks and they give me just a lot of energy and keep me going through tournaments. Cause you definitely have to have, yeah, like you said, sustenance or otherwise you're going to not have enough energy at all. Absolutely. So do you, do you eat dry ramen? Like the packaged ramen dry or do you? No, I just, it? I find a water fountain or a sink at the school and just microwave it. Cause we have a tea microwave, which is super helpful for that. Nice. What kind of cake are we talking here? Vanilla cake, but is it like a, a specific like brand or do you, do you oh, make cake or no, not really. We just go cause we'll do our little like Walmart trips or go to Smith's right before the tournament. Right. So we just kind of buy whatever I let my PF partner pick majority of the time. So it's just up to him. <laughs> Nice. Well, yeah. Cake and ramen. I mean, it's tough to beat. That's pretty good. Oh yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Clara, for coming on to talk to me uh, about your speech and debate experience a little bit and extemporaneous commentary and impromptu. It's been lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It was very nice to have this opportunity. Thank you so much to camp counselor Clara Lusmore for sharing some tasty extemporaneous commentary and impromptu tips here at Camp One Clap. So what's on the camp agenda for tomorrow? Well, counselor Izzy Garcia's Interp Survival Guide will return with episode two of a four-part series. Also, counselor Adrian Graham will release Into the Cosmos yet another mind-blowingly fabulous episode of Professor Graham and Kevin's ABCs of Debate on YouTube. Remember, social media challenges are live for every day of camp this August. And until tomorrow, campers, why did the marshmallow cross the road? It knew there was some more to life, of course. For Camp One Clap, this is Camp Director Wiley signing off.